Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. Well, this is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters. I am the host, John Moorhead, and I'm privileged today to have as my guest, Lydia Kaiser, and she is Corporate Communication Specialist for Child Evangelism Fellowship. And uh, to, today we're going to learn from her uh, about the work of uh, CEF and its good news clubs that it has in schools. And that'll be the first part of our conversation. And then we'll also touch bases on uh, the controversy that has been raised by the response of the Satanic Temple uh, to the good news clubs in schools. Uh, TST is putting in their after-school Satan clubs and we'll talk about all of that. But but Lydia, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Sure. Did you want to add anything to that very small introductory bio there? No, I, I do love Child Evangelism Fellowship. I just feel like there's nothing better I could do with my life. And so uh, that's that's why I'm involved. Wonderful. Well, that, that's a good place to start. How did you come to be involved with uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship and the Good News Bible Clubs? And how long have you been doing this? Well, that's a bit of a trick question because <laughs> I was involved for 10 years in my 20s, and then I went home to be a stay-at-home mom, and I did produce a radio program for CEF for two years after going home, and I homeschooled my children for 16 years, and then when the um, last child left the nest, I decided to come back, and so I've been back for three and a half years. So thank you for sharing that. Let's begin by talking about the Good News Clubs themselves. Can you talk about what, what those are, are all about? Sure. Well, CEF, our purpose, Child Evangelism Fellowship, is to teach children the Bible, uh, teach them about Jesus, and invite them to make a decision for Jesus Christ to save them from the power of sin and to be their personal Lord, Savior, and friend. So we do this by partnering with churches and going into into the public schools in their communities and holding these after-school good news clubs because we want to reach children where they are. So we go to schools and request permissions to set up the club and follow all the rules. And we have a, a very thorough background check system and um, train our teachers extensively. So um, the newer ones have lesser responsibilities, but as they grow in experience, then they have more. And uh, we we have 3,500 full-time staff around the world. We're an international ministry. Uh, here in the USA, we have 400 local chapters. Uh, every state is represented. And uh, we have hundreds of thousands of volunteers. We don't even try to keep track of how many. Um, but we've been blessed with being in a lot of schools, pre-COVID, we were in 5,000 schools, and then another 1,000 or so locations outside of schools after school, um, but 5,000 public schools. And uh, we're, we're getting back up to those numbers. It's It's been hard as a number of schools have not started any after-school clubs back up yet, but uh, it, we're getting back. Now, how does that, what does that process look like in terms of how you start? Uh, do you get parental requests? How does that Right. Well, we go to the school first and we ask uh, 
for permission and we find out what all their rules are and make sure that we can comply with everything. Some schools, you know, ask for a teacher sponsor or say, well, we can do it this way or you can do it that way. So we decide which way we're going to do it. Um, and then we, you know, supply all the necessary documentation. And then there's a permission slip that the children can take home to their parents. Now, it doesn't matter what after school club a child attends, they still have to have a signed permission slip. Not just ours. Okay, that's helpful to know. Uh, I, many people in the in my audience for this podcast are probably, probably heard of the Good News Clubs, but for those who haven't, what does the curriculum look like and, and who are the teachers? Well, anyone who wants to volunteer needs to be able to sign a statement of faith to know so we know that they agree with what we believe. And they also sign a worker compliance agreement that they will not teach anything outside of what we believe. It's fine if they believe things outside of that, but as long as they're teaching in our program, they need to stick to what our statement of faith is. And anyone can go to our website and see what that is. So um, that's a requirement. Um, they have to take various levels of training. Um, but, you know, even someone who just wants to volunteer to, um, you know, just help corral the kids and talk to them in the pre-session or supply the snacks or whatever, all they need to do is, you know, get their background check done and, you know, sign the statement of faith and workers compliance agreement. Now, is it uh, mainly Christian kids that you have coming or are other kids coming? And does it involve an element where you are sharing your faith and trying to hopefully persuade kids to accept the gospel? So there is a level of evangelism or proselytism in the clubs? Yes, it usually starts with with Christian children and they invite their friends. But a lot of times, like when we're walking down the hall to go to a classroom, like I'm involved with the club myself. I love to experience that. Um, you know, we wear our shirts and we carry our sign and kids say, well, what is that? And so we stop and we tell them what it is and say, if you'd like to come take this to your parent. And so they take the slip home and then we might see him next week. And yeah. Okay. Now, as we kind of shift gears a little bit here and talk about uh, the good news clubs in relation to the response by the satanic temple and the after school Satan clubs, um, the child evangelism fellowship won a U.S. Supreme Court case in 2001 uh, when the presence of your clubs was challenged. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, we found more and more that schools were denying us access. They would say, oh, you're religious. Well, you, you don't have permission or or you, you know, have to use a broom closet. You can't use the classroom or, you know, can't use the gym or, you know, they had different standards or you have to pay a fee. And so after um, time and again of running into obstacles, some of our friends um, helped us to uh, go to um, court. The case was Good News Club v. Milford Central School District in Upper New York. And it surprisingly went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the ruling was that um, if a school accommodates other clubs, then they must accommodate a religious club also. They must accommodate us because to not do so would be a violation of freedom of free speech and freedom of religion, both. Um, so First Amendment rights. And so, and, and again, um, it's not like we're forcing this down kids' throats. The parents have to agree and sign a permission slip and, and the parents are always welcome to come visit. So there, there's something of an irony here in that 
then comes the satanic temple and they want to provide an alternative in certain locations in response to what you're doing. And they point to the same uh, Supreme Court ruling. What is your position on on that legal issue and those freedoms? Well, this is where we do agree with them. So I'm pleased to start out with how we agree. Uh, That's always the best way to start out a discussion. And um, I've listened to Lucian Greaves make his case. I listened to your interview with him a year ago. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I think he's correct. There's an element of Christian privilege with some people who don't understand our Constitution And, um, you know, my personal favorite founding father is James Madison. And um, when James Madison was working with others on writing the Constitution, uh, there was a proposal that the United States be declared a Christian nation. And James Madison came up with 15 reasons why we shouldn't be. And uh, one of those was that if the government can tell everybody what religion they must be, they can also define that religion, you know, because Madison and Jefferson were from Virginia and they were watching uh, Baptists be flogged and put in stocks and put in in prison because they were baptizing adult believers. You know, a a lot of your listeners today would be shocked to hear that because we just assume everybody accepts that. Well, back then, no, they didn't. It was it was infant baptism or, or none, you know. So um, if the government can say, well, you all must be Christians and the government can say, well, this is what a Christian is. And do we want that? Absolutely not. And even God himself allows every human being the free will to decide who or what to believe. So shouldn't we? You know, so we're not afraid. We shouldn't be afraid to to have the discussion about what we believe in. You know, if we're confident, which I certainly am, that that our God is the true, the only true God, then I have nothing to fear in a respectful conversation and a you know a a public square that is open to everyone to you know bring their thoughts forward. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate starting on a positive note. I, I think one of the challenges I often see amongst Christians is when they talk about religious freedom, many times they mean the ability to practice their freedoms. And sometimes they want to see it restricted in the area of various minority religions in America, particularly those they don't like or find distasteful. But, you know, we do live in a a pluralistic society and uh, we all have freedoms. And uh, I would agree with you that let's everybody put out their, their truth claims and uh, let's have a, a respectful contestation over the issues and truth. So I think we're on the same page in regards to that. Now, in preparation for our conversation, I I Googled some, uh, I just looked through CEF to see what their kinds of statements were about the issue. And there has, I have seen acknowledgement uh, that the uh, satanic temple, when they talk about Satan or the devil, for them, it's a metaphor. They don't believe in the, the, the Christian devil and the Christian tradition. But I found one CEF document that says, after school Satan Club challenges C- it's the title is After School Satan Club challenges CEF Good News Club and the statement says that after school Satan clubs are proving to be a flop parents simply won't agree to send their children to a club where the mascot is known for pure evil 
Uh, now, that statement seems to be at odds with other statements that the mascot, for those who haven't seen it, is a little kind of cartoony, devilish character. Um, is is that kind of a confusing statement there? Or Well, actually, their mascot is a, is a 3,000 pound Baphomet statue. Uh, with with the goat headed figure, you know, sitting on you know a chair with all of these occult symbols all around it and on it, you know, and holding up the and and then it has these two little children, elementary age children, a boy and a girl, and they're just looking adoringly up at this goat face, you know, and he's got his hand on his heart. Um, so that's the the mascot, um, and uh, the quote you know, that says it'll flop. Well, it's because, like I said earlier, parents have, they're truly the gatekeepers. They're the ones signing the permission slip. So you're only going to have two or three parents in, in, or maybe one parent with two or three children in a school who's going to sign that permission slip. And so I would call that a flop <laughs> of a club if it only and they usually only last one semester i don't know of any that have lasted longer um so yeah i would call that a flop okay uh, i don't know where i'm gonna have uh in the next week or two gonna have uh the, the individual from the satanic temple on the program to talk about uh the clubs um i'll ask how successful they have been i don't know so so for clarification um, I had assumed that the statement about the the symbol of evil was referring to the logo for the after school Satan clubs, but that reference is actually for the Baphomet statue. For their actual mascot, their statue okay. that they carry around and they put, you know, try to put up in in uh, different state capitol buildings or or whatever. Okay, yeah, uh, there there have been efforts to to have that put on various uh, state capitol grounds to challenge yeah. Ten Commandments monuments there. But but I think that the challenge is still there because uh, the Satanic Temple would not understand that Baphomet statue was a symbol of evil. Again, it doesn't have a reference to the Satan to uh, to the Christian concept of Satan. So I still still think sometimes. Well, it you, does if you look at all those occult s symbols on the statue. I'd I'd like for you to you know when when you have time look look at that yeah. statue and all the symbols on it. And I think that traditionally those are what they are. And they, they, each of those symbols has its history and yeah. I yeah. Think we I'm may have to disagree it. there. I'm, I'm very familiar with the Baphomet statue yeah. and from the, with the Western esoteric or occult tradition yeah. where some of that symbolism is drawn. And while many Christians would see that as, as referring to, to evil um, in the Western esoteric tradition, it's a symbol of enlightenment. So there's there's a different interpretive yes, thing going on. Except that uh, I, I think we're justified mm -hmm. in saying that is an, a symbol of evil and that if you have good in the world, if there is such a thing as good, then there's such a thing as evil. And so people can talk circles around that and say, well, it's a metaphor of life and blah, blah, blah. But what else is a symbol of evil historically, traditionally, culturally if not satan himself so you know they can talk circles around that but i'm sorry it's it's a it's yeah. you know yeah widely I, I think, accepted as the symbol of evil yeah i think there's going to be a fundamental disagreement there between folks because christians are coming at it again with that good versus evil uh dichotomy with satan in the background representing evil whereas uh, satanists and maybe others in the esoteric tradition are going to come at it from a different perspective but but at sure. least i understand your view yeah um and i understand <clears throat> this 
In another document by CEF in response to after-school Satan clubs, it states that the attempt to establish uh, Satanic clubs, again, uses the, the, it says it's a ploy to alarm parents and school boards, and that the process was described as a trap and a trolling technique. Now, that's one thing that the Satanic Temple has frequently been accused of, not being sincere, not being a real, uh, real religion, just trying to troll. And I want to ask you, isn't it possible that TST is sincere and they want to offer an alternative program based upon their religious convictions, and it uses a provocative method to draw attention to religious freedom and Christian hegemony concerns as a minority religious tradition. What would your thoughts be on that? Well, I think he himself would disagree with you about being a minority religion, religious tradition or whatever, because he claims not to be religious. So let's we can back up a little bit here. I, I think that the fundamental problem in the question that you're asking is that they state, and he said on your program, and he said elsewhere, I'll quote him, he believes that religion should not be in the public square. Um, so if you if someone believes that, then they believe that you should keep your religion to yourself at home and not practice it uh, in public or on government property. Um, let me back up to the, the SCOTUS ruling one more time to clarify mm -hmm. something, and then we'll move forward with this sure. question. So the uh, the attorney for the public school argued to the justices that if children go to this religious club on school property, that they might get the impression that the government or the school is establishing a religion or promoting the exercise of that religion. And of course, if, if you are familiar with the First Amendment, you recognize that language that the First Amendment was actually written to prohibit the government from establishing any religion or preventing the free exercise thereof. So the uh, the justices considered this question about whether the children would get that impression that the government is establishing religion by them practicing this on public property, on the school property. And they concluded that there is just as much danger that the children would get the idea that they're not allowed to speak of God or to practice their religion as long as they're on public property if they were prevented from having an after-school club when all these other groups are having their clubs. So that's a fundamental problem there in that um, Lucian Greaves has, has stated, um, here's a very clear statement in an interview with Tucker Carlson at minute two, two minute, 35 seconds, quote, the Supreme Court said that not having religious clubs would be religious discrimination. I disagree. I think you can categorically deny religion, unquote. And he said the same thing on your program, John. You might have missed it because it, it was within a lot of words. <laughs> he uses a lot of words. Um, but it was around minute 1630, and he calls the religious freedom decision by SCOTUS a rhetorical game that it's something that allowed the Good News Club to be in the schools to begin with. And he describes the SCOTUS decision and says why he disagrees with it. And that um, he basically doesn't believe that a religion as a category can be disparaged by being prevented from having access to the public forum. So let me just give you a couple exam of examples of <clears throat> why we wouldn't wanna see this kind of thinking uh, continue. 
um, let's say you're standing in a line at a at a um, DMV, a Department of Motor Vehicles, and it's a long line and you get into a discussion with someone else in the line and it turns to matters of faith and you start expressing what you believe and someone else says, hey, stop, you can't do that. You're on public property. <laughs> you know, is that what we want? Um, or how about uh, my my representative to Congress, uh, I want my representative to make decisions that are based on him or her having a moral compass. You know, I want them to be able to say, I believe that God created life, so it's sacred, so we should protect it from the moment of conception to the last days and shouldn't do anything to um, end a life, you know. And so, again, we need to be able to express and 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 have a, like a religious club on school property. Uh, it's not, he goes on and on, many mentions about government choosing one or the other or promoting one. Just because it's happening on public property doesn't mean government is promoting it. We are free private citizens who are putting on this club and promoting it. And we are free to express our religious beliefs. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate your your perspective on that issue. I'll I'll go back and take another look at <clears throat> my conversation with Lucian. Uh, I I don't have that that understanding of what what he's saying, but I appreciate your response. And it's not my intention to defend the TST position. They can articulate and defend their own views. Well, it's easy Under to get confused about what he's promoting because on the one hand he's saying we're a religious club, we're Satan, the Satanic temple. Let us in. So he's getting in on the basis of being a religion, a minority right. religion. Right. And then right. at the same time, he keeps saying that he thinks that religion should be categorically denied in the public square. So that is why, that is what leads me to believe that his true motive is to get rid of the Good News Club in the public schools. That is all oh, back to your question about the ploy. So what they do is they come into a, uh, a school and say, well, you have a good news club here. So here's our permission slip. We want you to take this to, or make this available to the kids or you know, put it out on, on the website or whatever so that parents know that we intend to start a Satan club next semester and they can sign this permission slip for the kids to come. And so the parents are like, what? And you know, I, I really feel for these parents because you know, especially over the last, year or two, they have discovered time and again that there's just all kinds of crazy things being taught to their children behind their backs. And so I don't blame them at all for, you know, having a knee-jerk reaction and saying, you know, what <laughs> is going on here and going and protesting with all vehemence and, you know, an emotion. You know, I, I totally understand. I feel like he's using them um, because his real um, as he has stated, his purpose is to say, hey, people don't have, you know, Christian privilege and think that because you're Christian, you get to have a club and no one else gets to. That's an excellent point. You know, the Lutherans should come in and have one. The Presbyterians should come in and have one or they can join with us. You know, a Baptist should come have one. Um, but what about the Buddhists a, and the Hindus? And Oh, sure. The Buddhists and Hindus. <laughs> but the problem is because they truly are a minority. Somebody who believes that needs to get organized and come do that. And if there sure. isn't anyone in that community, then it, it understandably isn't going to be represented. So, you know, let's not whine and say, well, you know, this is not represented. Well, 
come represent them, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so they, they come and say, you know, uh, we're going to do this. And the parents get all upset. And so they say, we don't want to say it in club in our public school. So then, then the, the logical answer is, well, if we let in the good news club, we have to let in the Satan club. And, and so they're like, well, then get rid of the good news club too, because, you know, we just can't have Satan club in school. That is the knee jerk reaction. They don't right. realize that, you know, there's 5,000 Satan clubs or I'm sorry, 5,000 good news clubs and only, you know, five active Satan clubs. And you really don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. They don't realize that in their emotionalism um, because they're being played. This is a ploy. And well, okay. it's, it's ugly. Uh, it's, it really shouldn't be done to people. It's, well, I, I understand your view. And obviously, TSTs will respond after they see this. And again, we're going to have the representative come on and give their perspective. I just want to, two things I just want to kind of reiterate. One, that they are a legitimate religion because they have an IRS ruling in their behalf as a religion and they have all the, the markings of a religion. Okay. Um, even so then why do they come to the school board meeting and say, oh, we're not teaching religion? We're not well, teaching well, these children about From Satan. what I understand, again, I'm not an advocate for TST. From what I understand mm -hmm. in looking at, at their website and, and talking to some of the representatives, you can be religious and not necessarily bring a religious curriculum into a school. And from what I've seen in their curriculum, they, they aren't doing that. But I, I don't want to yeah. belabor the, the point. Well, I would I would like to bring up another point of disagreement. And that is um, the way he keeps talking about how we proselytize. And he's made that, he has said that that's their main distinction between them and us is that we proselytize. You know, I feel like, the word proselytization um, is there's people just working to, you know, make that a dirty word. If you truly believe something, then there's something wrong with you. You know, it's, if it's good news, which we believe we have really great news <laughs> for everyone, especially for, for these kids, why would you keep it to yourself? You know, and it's, it's what we should be doing if we believe we have good news. And, it's intolerant to tell someone else, oh, don't proselytize. You're telling them to keep their opinions and beliefs to themselves and, you know, don't try to win anyone else over to their beliefs. Well, I see everyone trying to persuade everyone else over to their belief system. It's nonstop. So I think it's hypocritical to kind of shut people down by saying, oh, you proselytize. Well, yes, we are sharing the good news. And if you tell us not to, then it's reverse privilege. You know, I was saying earlier, that Christians can some sometimes have a, an attitude of privilege for, you know, it's our message that should be getting out there. Well, to for them to tell us that we shouldn't be sharing our message, you know, it's kind of <laughs> reverse privilege. Um, so, yeah, uh, I I have a problem with with um, his saying that that we shouldn't proselytize. Um, and I again, Parents are the gatekeepers. If they want a good news club in there they, and they send their kids and we have a good showing, that's what the parents want. You know, we're not terrible for going in there and proselytizing. Yeah, I'll, I'll let them, when they come on the program, speak to their concerns about uh, proselytism. But I, I am familiar in studying various religions. There are religions that consider themselves, they are just uncomfortable with that paganism and, and some forms of Satanism and so on. Um, so that may be where they're coming from. I don't know. But I would be in agreement with you 
And I think we need a situation where everybody is proselytizing uh, or trying to persuade. We, you know, we do it all the yeah. time in, in let's politics. Have a conversation and, and so they're yeah, yeah. Down. So yeah. so let's just make sure we're doing it respectfully and and legally and all those kinds of things. So I'm not opposed to everybody. Right. So he, they should be they should be proselytizing in their Satan club. If they're going to come in and say we're a Satan club, we're a religion. Well, then teach your religion. Don't come in and say, oh, but we don't teach it. I mean, right. well, they certainly do have that option and they've, they've stated that they may, you know, they want it both ways, move, but, uh, you know, at this point, they're not doing it. W one other thing that may be going on with them. And again, I'm going to allow them to speak for themselves uh, is there there are two different basic views on the public square. One is the pluralistic public square, the idea that everybody should have a, a place and a presence and present their message and try and persuade. And the other is the so-called naked public square where. You know, we got so many divergent truth claims and conflicts. Let's just shut it down. Nobody has a presence. And maybe that's where they're coming from. I wouldn't support that. I prefer the pluralistic public square. Let everybody have equal access and make their claims and, and go from there. What would your thoughts be on that? I, I agree with you. Um, and, and Child Evangelism Fellowship, we see that kids are in trouble. Uh, the The... Uh, CDC released numbers prior to the pandemic showing that suicide rate was up, not only with teenagers, but even with, with preteens. Uh, kids are hopeless. And then came COVID and, and all of the psychological problems that that, that brought. And um, you know, kids really need good news. And so I'm going to complain a little bit here to you, John, because... <laughs> You said when you interviewed him, you said you told the audience, OK, now let's not be talking about what the Satanic Temple believes. And, you know, if I see any of those comments, I'm going to shut them down. I'm going to you know delete them and all. But then he started talking about what he thinks we believe. And I was like, what? I was like dropping my teeth, you know. But but you um, also heard me say because we had a whole episode devoted to that previously. So I didn't want to take up the bulk oh, of one conversation. And, and yeah. that prior podcast where I have a, a colleague of mine who's a member, he goes into the beliefs and practices. So wasn't it, we're not going to talk about Satanism. Let's just talk about Christianity. Okay. Well, he sure did. He, you know, he talked about how we, we talk about sin. So I'd like to address that if you don't mind sin sure. and hell. Um, so yeah, the, the accusation is that, that we tell kids they're sinners and make them feel bad about themselves and, and, you know, I personally, I do wrong things and I imagine you would admit that you do wrong things. Um, you know, we believe that the Bible says that God wrote his law on our hearts. So everyone, whether they're a Christian or not, we just intrinsically know that it's wrong to lie, you know, that's wrong to kill or, you know, commit violence or, or steal. Um, that that's God's law written on our hearts. So we all do wrong things and then our conscience kicks in and we feel bad about ourselves. And uh, so this is true of children as well. So, um, and, and this can also lead to hopelessness and despair. Uh, there are kids that, um, you know, commit suicide because they feel like they are just, you know, somehow rotten. And so what we like to do is explain to them that God created them beautiful and unique and in his image that they have a spirit, soul, and body and um, reflect 
the triune God in many ways and and show him all those ways and, and how they are created in him, his image, but that we do wrong things and God is perfect. And so when we do wrong things, that separates us from God and it makes it difficult for us to have a relationship with God. So if we confess our sins to him, he will forgive us our sins and he will cleanse us from unrighteousness. He will help us. He'll give us his Holy Spirit and help us to live well and to live the way that pleases him. So this is good news. Um, rather than trying to tell kids, you know, oh, don't worry about having sin. Um, you know, we, we'd be having a bunch of psychopaths. We you know people, we would be excusing our sin, just trying to shut down our conscience and, you know, making excuses for ourselves and, and doing whatever feels good or whatever we want to do. Is that the kind of society we want? No, we want people who can, uh, honestly and objectively say, okay, that was wrong. That was a sin. I need to confess that. I need uh, the forgiveness of God and other people for my sin. And we believe and teach them that, and here comes the part about hell. <laughs> we, we, we believe that if a person goes their entire life and never confesses their sin to God and receives his salvation, then they will be forever separated from God. So we don't feel it necessary to describe a place called hell in our curriculum for children. I mean, John, imagine if you were separated from everything that's good and beautiful and true, how miserable would that be? And so to be separated from God and all that's good is, is enough of a description uh, for, for young children. We do not want to scare them into asking Jesus to save them. We want to draw them with the love of God and explain to them that he forgives sin and then he um, indwells you and helps you to live a, a good life and is your, your friend who's always with you, never leaves you. We believe that's enough uh, for children. And so the accusation, you know, that we make them feel bad about sin and we, you know, scare them with hell, um, that's absolutely not true. And another thing he said on, on your episode uh, was that people can't see what we teach. Anybody can go on our um, store, on our website, and buy any of our curriculum. It's right there. Um, so I don't know where he got that information. And then he talked about some other things that he thinks we believe. And I don't even want to say the words. It was, it was awful. It's not true. You know, but again, people can see for themselves. Well, this is with what you just said is where we move from the legal to the theological and, and the ethical and that kind of a thing. And I, I have heard some of the concerns of the Satanic Temple about some of the theology and that kind of a thing. So when we have their representative on, we'll allow them to to articulate that. And I'm sure they will have watched our conversation here beforehand and and have had some responses. So it is just to kind of make sure I understand. So that you're not opposed to the free exercise of the satanic temple to, to have the, their clubs. Uh, Absolutely no. not. But it does okay. bother me that they will go in and say, well, we don't teach about Satanism. I'll tell you what, when a child goes to a club called Satan club, even if they don't learn about Satan, what it does is has them, it breaks down their inhibitions so that later on they'll get involved in the occult perhaps because they've been introduced to it as oh this is innocuous this is great this is 
you know, good character and all that. So even if the um, satanic temple doesn't practice the occult, they're an atheist group. Um, so Satanism, if they're saying we, we don't have anything to do with the practice of Satanism, well, there's no, they, they do, they're... but it, they do, but there's varieties of Satanism. Okay, in particular... That's my point. There's all kinds of Satanism out there. And so are we to expect that a child who goes to, um, a Satan club is later on going to say, well, wait a minute, what stripe of Satanism are you? Are you the good kind or are you the bad kind? I mean, they're being told that Satanism is, you know, this uh, esoteric, um, wonderful thing that, you know, they, they describe. And so I think that it can entrap a young person later on to get involved in the occult. And then uh, again, when you look at their Baphomet statue with all the occult symbols and the little children looking adoringly at it, really tell me that they're not after um, indoctrinating children. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't buy it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your opinion on that matter. Uh, I would assume that perhaps the, the students in the after-school Satan clubs would uh, learn if they wanted to what Satanism is from those that they're getting the instruction from, and, and they wouldn't necessarily be going and looking and finding all the fearful stereotypes that many times we Christians understand and perpetuate about Satanism. The vast majority of Satanists are atheists. Uh, there's a there's a minority that are theistic. Satanists. Yeah, well, there's there's just a lot of things out there that are luring kids to the dark side. We don't need to play around the edges. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate the fear. <laughs> I, I, I suppose I'm just coming at it from a different place. I, I think many times we Christians make uh, the devil far too big and kind of minimize uh, the, the light in response to darkness. So I think sometimes this is more about our I agree. than it is about Absolutely. And that's why we don't need to be afraid of the Satan club coming in and, and holding club. And I just feel like, though, that there's, you know, to come in and say, well, we're a religion, let us in because we're a religion. And, uh, oh, but we don't teach religion. That that's a little duplicitous, you know. Well, uh, I've asked all the questions I want. I think this has been great. Do you have any, is there anything you wanted to get out that I didn't give you an opportunity to express? Um, yeah, I'd say, um, two things, the, the, um, the ruling, the SCOTUS ruling paved the way for another important ruling, uh, Wiggs v. Sioux City School District. Um, a teacher uh, by the name of Wiggs wanted to help in a good news club after school and was told by the school that she may not because she teaches there. And oh my goodness, we wouldn't want these kids to know you believe in Jesus, you know? And so she took him to court and it, it was resolved in the ninth district because they referred back to good news club, the Milford central school district and said, um, Oh, and halfway through the case, they said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, we'll let you teach Good News Club in a school that's not in the one you teach in. And she didn't, she was like, no, that's that's not good enough. I want to be in the school I teach in. Anyway, um, so the 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 case, the ruling was that um, teachers may participate in a religious club after school, even if it means that now the kids know what they believe. And that frees up um, our teachers who believe in Jesus to, to be able to say so. And, you know, if you've got teachers out there who believe in Satanism, then they can participate in the, the, the Satan club. And again, it's up to 
the parents to be the gatekeepers. If you need, need to understand that if you're sending your kids to a public school, you need to know who's teaching them and when and what they're being taught. And, and you, you be responsible for uh, what's happening there. Um, and then the other thing that I'd like to mention is that um, when a person goes to a school board meeting uh, because there's this big ruckus about a Satan club coming in, I mean, it's happened in countries all over, or, or towns all over the country here in 2022. As Lucian Greaves said, they're they're stepping up their efforts and it's, it's um, coming to a lot of places. This is my advice um, to the parent who, who comes, is to thank the school board for following the law. You know, instead of giving the school board a hard time, say, thank you, I'm, we're, we're so glad you understand the law and that you know that you need to give the Satan Club permission uh, to be there, same as the Good News Club. And uh, so we appreciate your following the law. Um, but then, you know, instruct the other parents in the room. Um, sure, we're going to have a Satan Club, but uh, let's see how many of us are going to sign that that permission slip, see how many kids go. And I it probably won't last long because we... We need to be responsible. We we are the gatekeepers, um, and then you know, be clear that we're we're tolerating freedom, not the particular message. You know, I I do not agree. Here's another here's another thing that I disagree with with um, what they're they're teaching. It kind of in a way they're teaching religion, and that everybody's going to worship something or somebody. We we just can't help ourselves. I believe God made us to do that, and so they're teaching kids to have. Um, personal sovereignty in a way that um, I think causes us to think we should worship ourselves rather than worshiping God and submitting to God. Um, and so there's there's at least that. Um, but that the third thing that, that parents should do is do something positive. If you don't like the Satan Club, come help with the Good News Club. We can always use more volunteers. We would love to have a Good News Club in every school in the country. So rather than, you know, picketing or protesting or, or you know, do something positive and, and come help us and just promote what you believe instead of, you know, doing the negative stuff. Well, this has been uh, informative and helpful, and I'm glad to have uh, that you decided to come on and to have a voice. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we will have uh, a representative of the Satanic Temple on who is responsible for the After School Satan Clubs. Uh, June Everett will be on and uh, we'll get her perspective and her response. And I'm sure the conversation and debate will continue, but hopefully you can do so in a more informed and respectful kind of way. So I want to thank you again for coming on. Yeah, well, I appreciate this format because there's just been way too much uh, shouting uh, sound bites past each other. And, you know, especially these TV shows that um, just are playing to the crowd and and uh, treating something, you know, you, you can't talk about this and cover it well in a minute or two minutes or even 15 minutes. So this is an excellent forum. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure. I agree. I wish we would spend more time talking to each other rather than about Absolutely. each other in sound bites and, and right. You know, and, and I personally have a good, uh, I have a friend who is a Satanist and we have long, interesting conversations and, you know, he's a nice person and I think he thinks I'm a nice person. Um, and it's, it's fun to 
discuss what we believe with another person who's respectful. And I certainly want to be a respectful person as well. I, I have been a little upset by things I've heard and they probably have been too. So this is a really great forum. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Again, this is uh, Lydia Kaiser with Child Evangelism Fellowship. And if folks, uh, we won't have it when it's first posted up, but after I have the interview with the TST member, I'll include a, a link at the end of the video. You can just click on and see the the various perspectives. And in the uh, podcast notes for the description for this episode, we'll have information that you can click on for CEF and the Good News Clubs. And I think I'll also throw in there a link to the uh, conversation with Lucian Greaves, because that was mentioned by way of background. And so uh, again, I, I want to thank you and uh, let's keep the conversation going. Okay. Thank you, Jen.